Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, this is Keith Jones, the new president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers, and you're listening to Snow the Goalie. Welcome into Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the People's podcast, Players podcast, Prognosticators podcast, PD Light podcast, Pampers podcast, the Pterodactyl podcast, the only Flyers podcast. We really are. I mean, we really are the only Flyers podcast. Just putting it out there. Anyway, um, I'm Russ Joy on Twitter at Joy on Broad. And while I usually like to intro Anthony at and San Philly on Twitter, I would rather go to the man in the middle if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, and that is, of course, Bundy. Chris Terrian, he is back. He's back for the month of August. Look at him. August 4th. Here we go. It's an anniversary gift that he gave to me coming back to the show. <laughs> Bundy, how are you? How are you, you beaut? Good, good. I know we're just before the show and just talking about, um, you know, we're still in like the early, you know, like kind of the dog days of hockey and and as um tradition goes guys will start probably coming back into the rinks like end of august start training but uh you guys carried some heavy water fellas the last couple weeks those july those july ones uh for hockey season you know you're two weeks past the draft two weeks past free agency and i'll tell you what that's when you put the real work in. <laughs> trying to figure <laughs> out big stuff up to entertain our great audience but no it's good to be back it's august uh it's it's um there's some exciting stuff going on, you know, and I'm looking forward to the season starting and, and uh, at least talking hockey once a week up until that point. So good to be back, guys. Hope your summer's going good and everybody else is out there as well. Yeah, man. So far, so good. Uh, Ant, how are, how are you? Uh, I talk to you way too much. I'm, I'm well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, Russ. You need to start getting a little bit more creative with your silent P words. You went pterodactyl. To, to, pseudonym. Think, to, the to, pseudonym to, podcast. Around. There's better ones than that. Okay. Give me one. Um, the pneumatic. Ooh, pneumatic. I do like mnemonic. Mnemonic would be a good one. All right. We'll work on these. Yes. The pneumonia podcast. When you inevitably oh. get sick this winter, Ant. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep that one. In the there you go. That's coming. You can save that one. Uh, hey, by the way, um, there are all kinds of things in the comments that are going on as we get ready to start this show. Uh, Hunter likes the time. M. Bodine says at least it's not 6 a.m. Exactly, exactly. Those are mongrel hours. Nobody does shit mongrel at 6 a.m. in the morning. Did you see that? Maybe, maybe that has the, to be a shirt, by the way. Mongrel hours. I love it. Did you see the? Did you see Flyers Eric tweeted yesterday when you announced that we were doing the show today that he was going to set his alarm for 6 a.m.? <laughs> did anybody tell him not to? No. Poor, poor guy. He's probably up. He's waiting, probably been waiting, up, waiting, waiting. Pacing around the house for four hours. Flyers Eric is a friend of mine. He's a friend of the, sh- a huge friend of the show, but yep. he would like, 
we go back 20 some years, me and Eric, and you know what? I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I, I love him. Like he's just a dynamite dude. He's, yeah. he's great. He is the Flyers fans. Like, I mean, that's what that's, you can't get more passionate than that, but yeah, but he'll, he'll actually text me like, all right, you clowns going to do a show this week. I'm like, yeah, just hold on a minute, Eric. We're getting to it. All right, pal, we're getting to it. Love uh, it. I got, Love I got this great thing that, that I got to actually, can I share Eric's story while we're here? Yeah, go I ahead. So, sure. Yeah. All right. So, you know, he makes no bones about it, but when I used to, you know, when I do radio or TV, I would, he would be like, Hey, you call me pops. He's like, I'm going to go, I'm going to be at the airport tonight when you guys land. You know, you give everyone like a greeting. It's like three in the morning. I'm like, that's, that's commitment, right? And so some nights we'd be coming in and, and it was uh coach. He'd be at the back of the plane or Jonesy. And Eric would text me at like nine o'clock, like big win tonight. I'll be at the airport. And I knew I like, we'd be flying back from like Denver. And it would be like three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, really? And so I'm thinking after I heard it over and over again, I kept saying to myself, that this is just hang on guys i got this stupid thing going off here eric, <laughs> eric would be at the uh, eric would be at the airport waiting for us and and i would know that he was going and i'd tell coachy i'd be like what do you think coachy 20 bucks i bet you 20 bucks it's super that eric super fan is gonna be waiting for us and coachy would be like no fucking way there's no chance of me sitting there unless he's crazy like it's so we get in at like january 15th january 20th like after a game and sure as shit there's eric with his shorts on the t-shirt like Go get him, boys. Big win tonight. Not, you know, I would stop the car. Like, I'm like, holy jeez, this is commitment, man. Like, this is unbelievable. But I love the fact that you that you took inside information and, and took money off of Coatsy to do it. Yeah, and I bought myself lunch the next day. It became a running joke after that because Coatsy would be like, he'd be like, how did you know that? Uh, you know, I mean, it, it never it never stopped. So anytime we got a big win, you know, we could pretty much count on Eric being there and, and Coatsy uh, – probably losing, I would say probably a hundred dollars to me in his life. And I've repatriated that to him many times. So it's all good, but it was certainly, well, worth, it was certainly worth the bet where 10 guys were like, and I knew I'm like 20. I absolutely. He'll be here. Coach is like, no, there's no way. There's, there's no way he'll be there three in the morning. And there he was. We'd look out the window of the plane and we'd see his car. I'd be like, there he is. That's another 20 bucks. Coatsy. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, I have to I have to point this out really quickly because Hunter Mikos um, set the over under today for the Bundy Bomb at nineteen and a half minutes, and uh, I think we I think we bantered for about four minutes. So by my calculations, Bundy dropped a Bundy Bomb in about four minutes or less. So we um, took the under. Uh, let's see, Eric H took the under. Well, and then he Darth always, Flyer, but Darth Flyer took the under. But wait, did you see so, Eric H followed up with the money? The right money line too. <laughs> no, no, no. Go the one right underneath that one, Russ. Always bet the under. Always bet the under. Always bet the under. Yes. Fry Star Zero. Bundy Bomb. We did it. Nice. Jerry Martin says the under is for anyone who's scared. Uh, always take the over. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Darth Flyer, as sure as the sun will rise in the east. Hunter said next week, setting the over under at three and a half minutes. Yeah, don't, don't right. let me know what they are. When it comes out, it comes out. And, you know, again, it started off because I said, well, sorry one day because in case kids were listening. And I'm after, I'm like, well, you know what? It is a podcast. It wasn't like regular radio. So we're having fun with it. And yeah. um, I, I'm wondering if I'll ever go a show without having it now. But I think it's – someone's going to have to poke me if I forget, which I don't. Yes. You won't have to do that, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Keith DeBetham, DeBetham, DeBethum. 
don't know. Hey, one. fellas, first time catching one live. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Did I miss the Bundy bomb yet? I you, hope you didn't. I you, hope you were here for it. Hope you were here for it. By well, the way, we got just one. There could be another. I, one. You never yeah, know. That's true. By the way, I don't know if um if this is gonna make the podcast. I don't remember if this was pre-podcast. I think this was before. Yeah, the people before, who listen yeah. in the podcast feed, they miss the banter that you can only get on YouTube and when we're live. But um, the Steve Buscemi quote, the the hey hey there fellow young people was from 30 rock. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. realize that. I thought it was from a movie, but yeah. okay. Um, listen, yeah. there's, there's a Pat lot to get we into. Had, what, we what Patrick check in from Sweden again. He's having coffee. Oh, yeah. Good, yeah. Good you know what? So Bundy, I don't know if, um, I don't know if you've been catching on to this or not. Uh, it's been a, a few weeks since you've been on, but we've been getting people checking in from Sweden. We've had Very people nice. checking in from Finland. We've had our friends in Australia. We have multiple listeners in Australia. We have our, uh, doctor, from uh, SoCal, who checks in? So, awesome. people are everywhere. I mean, we we've got a lot of. Remember what was that? What was that old adage? The sun never sets on the uh, British Empire. The sun never sets on the Only Flyers podcast. So, <laughs> love it everywhere. Love it. All right, get into what you so you have a lot to talk about. Yeah, well, so it's funny because when when we come up with this and when we talk, we we do our little bit of uh, pre planning on the show, which isn't very much, admittedly. Um, and when we sit down and we we say like, all right, well, these are like four or five standout topics that we absolutely have to talk about. Um, this week, I think, is the first time that we kind of sat back and said, I don't know. What do we talk about? And there there are two things that have come up recently that uh, are worthy of discussion. It's the title of the show. And it's something that people are going to be excited about. And it's the future of the team. Now, I will tell you guys a little bit later in the episode, I want to get into like potential bounce back season candidates for the Flyers just for so that we're, you know, paying a little bit of attention to what we have domestically uh, with the big team. But Matt Vimishkov had a really nice showing in the first preseason game in the KHL, had a goal, had an assist, had a shootout goal. Carter Gauthier is looking good. Um, it, it seems to be something that people are really excited about. So I feel like we should probably lead off with something that people are excited about. The most notable thing to come out of that Mishkov performance is that apparently he and his coach had the discussion about moving him to center or at least experimenting with him at center. And he was quoted as saying he watched a bunch of Sidney Crosby film when preparing to play center. As we mentioned, two points in the first game, also had a shootout goal. Um, I'm not going to sit here and, and say, guys, is Matt Vimishkov going to be a center in the NHL? But are you intrigued at all by the fact that this 19-year-old player who has all the skill in the world is at least experimenting with playing in the KHL at center? I, I don't mind the fact that any young player tries to find a, uh, multiple roles and, and creates flexibility in his game. Um, it also creates flexibility for the Flyers because look at what Gautier is doing, right? I mean, Gautier was originally when he was scouted he was a winger um and you know they're they're trying him out at center uh in college he played there last year he's going to do it again this year um but you still don't know if that's going to translate to the professional ranks um so it's good to have that you know hey we know you can play one position let's try it somewhere else and you know while you're developing and see if it works if it does great then you have guys look think about it how many times do centers play center but then you know shift out and play on the wing because they've that's where they came from originally right so okay you can go out there whatever um it's better that you're you're learning the position as a teenager or you know 19 20 years old um and see if you can do it and if you can 
awesome. If you can't, no big deal. Be right back out to the wing where you were, you know, scouted to begin with. So um, I have, I think it's a great thing that he's trying it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Anthony, at least in, ter- in terms of just having a developmental understanding of that position. And there'll be a difference, I'm sure, between the KHL and the, and the NHL um, for, for that position. I'm, I'm, I'm such a big fan of like that big, massive center. Like, uh, like if you can, I mean, I know they don't grow on trees. And I'm not suggesting they do. But that's for me is what like that big, like the guy like uh, that's somebody that you can draft really high that can carry that, that load of ice time reliable reliable in both uh, ends of the ice but can also produce so uh, yeah I'm more in the like I'm just going back thinking of like great scoring wingers that I played with and there's not really a lot of them that I could ever say you know we could move in the center like if you ask me John LeClaire as a winger you couldn't play him at center for a minute on the ice like I mean it was that he just didn't have the conceptual understanding of playing center he's a goal scoring front of the net winger that was as good as anybody that played the game doing it. So it's not like a flip of a switch. It's like taking a left defenseman and putting them on the right side. There's an adjustment to that. Um, but I'm just a more, I'm a bigger believer in having a lot of size up the middle. I'm a huge believer of it. As a matter of fact, I don't think you can go far with the really, really uh, a, a small type of winger th- or a center, like your lead center through a two month grind, if you're going to be a Stanley cup winner. So a bias like that, but I, I think I think ultimately, just like Anthony said, having an understanding of the position, taking draws, uh, knowing it, and, and listen, I'm not saying he can't become one. I'm just saying, uh, you know, a true authentic goal scoring winger, which is he's in the cutoff, don't usually become center iceman. It's like Tarasenko uh, or Patrick Laine when he was scoring goals. He can't make. It's not a center. It just doesn't make sense. They're they're, they're programmed to shoot, to be positionally sound, like on, on power plays, whether the front of the net. Um, but I do like uh, just having a versatile edge to him. I wish Gauthier uh, could play. I wish he were more of a, of, of a center because he does have more of the size stature. But um, as you said, they want to they really, I think, try to find him uh, in the, the wing position. And maybe that big center like that they're talking about just isn't here yet. You know, we've talked about that for a couple of years. You know, what what's going to come in, what's coming down the pipeline. Um, and we even said it last summer, like, you know, the – the player that maybe turns his team around, maybe it's Matt, maybe it's Michkov now, but it may, it may be another guy they haven't even drafted yet in the next year or two that ends up becoming that linchpin. Maybe that big center, you know, that, that we've been talking about for that. I like anyway, uh, in the coming couple drafts, uh, we're just not there yet. So that's what, from a rebuild standpoint, I like what's going on. They're, they're remaining patient, letting kids develop. I know Michkov has the obligation, he has to play over there. But I think the their cutter Gauthier move, and I know we're swinging from you know talking about uh, uh, moving wing to center. But I like him going back. We said that before. I think he needs to go back and absolutely dominate college hockey for a year, um, and and then see what happens. But size up the middle to me is paramount, um, and and um, I don't know if that guy's necessarily here yet. I don't think he is. And by the way, I don't think it's a problem if we continue to fluctuate between talking about Mishkov and Gauthier because they're so. Right. You, you would think that their their futures together for this team are so intertwined that it's okay to kind of play off one or the other. Um, and you know when we did Hunter Brody's show a couple of weeks ago, I think it I think it aired last week, but we talked to him two weeks ago. Um, you know, you made a point about Gautier as a center. Um, I don't know if you want to kind of rehash that to give people an idea, but it it was an interesting point. What did I say? You don't remember the clip about about Gautier about like if if the no, Flyers I, I, really no, believe- I, yeah I know I, mean, I was, I was give me a heart I was, was, was teasing come on come on come on no um, yeah no I I think that 
if he was where he needed to be in his development at that position, that the Flyers would have made a much harder push to him and his family to leave school and come to the come into the professional ranks this season. The fact that they didn't do that, that they didn't push for that, and they were completely comfortable with him going back to school for another year of development tells tells me that they were not ready. They don't think he's ready at that position yet, but they still think that he can get there. And so let's see another season uh, in college playing that way. If after another season, I, I will say this now, you can mark it down August 4th, 2023. Um, I do not think there's any way on this earth that Cutter Gauthier goes back for a junior year of college. So if after this season, he does not pretend, I say portend, not pretend, portend as a center, um, then he will be a, a a winger when he comes into camp next season. Okay. Yeah, it's easier. It's it, to be honest with what he's saying. It's, it's just easier being a winger as a young guy in this league than being a center in this league as a young guy. Yeah. And that's which is, the truth. I mean, which is why I think you know we now we we kind of flip back. I think that's also why it's probably a nice thing to see Mishkov at least experimenting with it. He's 19 and he's under contract for three years with the KHL. If if somehow if he's able to to elevate his game, continue to produce the way he produces, get a better overall understanding of how to play that position, and then has that versatility when he does come over, if that's in one year, two years, three years, if he has that ability to then process the game at probably what the second strongest league in the world, you would think that that's going to set him up for success at the NHL level. And one of those things that you know we've kind of touched on in the past, if you think of like a Morgan Frost. For so long, this organization only wanted to look at Morgan Frost as a center. They were they were opposed to even giving him a look at the NHL level as a wing. And and at times you've said you know, like you had to sit back and you go, like maybe they've kind of stunted his growth, or maybe they've, you know, cost themselves the ability to to really evaluate what he is as a player because you only have four center positions. And for at least the first few years of his career, they were clogged up with a Couturier, with a Nolan Patrick, with a Kevin Hayes then you weren't going to bring him up to be a 4C. You didn't want to play him at the wing. So they they kind of limited what they could do with him. In the case of Mishkov, if he proves that he can play center, or at least play it somewhat well, and then we know he knows how to play wing, it probably sets him up for a nice, you know, successful little little start to his career at the NHL level. So that's positive. We can, we can look at that positively. I, I want to get to some of the questions, comments, and concerns over on uh, YouTube. If you're watching live and you're watching on Twitter, that's fine. Okay, you can you can do that, but you can't really interact with us. So we'd encourage you to go over to youtube.com slash at snow the goalie where you can drop your comments. If you're watching on Facebook, you can continue there as well. We just like YouTube a little bit better. We'll probably keep the show on Facebook for a while just because, you know, it's it's habit for some folks. So trying to be nice. Um, Rick Hines, by the way, said that we're helping him get through traffic on the George Washington Bridge in Manhattan. Thanks for the distraction. Don't be too distracted. The worst drive. There is an, look. I think L.A. maybe is the only other place where the traffic is so ridiculous. But my word, if you are at rush hour trying to get over the GWB in, mm-hmm. in New York, it's the, the, there's it's it's mind numbing. It's it's soul crushing. 
like what happens there. I one time uh, we were coming from an event in Connecticut that was a normally a four hour drive. We mm-hmm. left at it was on a Sunday in the summer, so everybody was coming back from vacation or whatever, and we left Connecticut at like ten thirty in the morning, and did not get home until eleven p.m. at night because of the traffic in New York. It was the most awful drive I've ever done. I I I I, I cringe at the notion of having to drive over that bridge. So wow. depends God, when you God, leave. Just God depends bless. when you leave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I was in New York twice, twice in the last three weeks. I didn't have a bad drive. Am I? No, no, no. But GWB is GWB has passed the the tunnels to go into New York City. So you're gonna oh. you gotta go you gotta go like you're going to the Bronx or going north of 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 New York. Really? Got it. Okay. okay. Yeah, never mind. So yeah, yeah you yeah. don't you don't have to deal oh, with that now. one where you're where you're like heading up towards Connecticut. And correct. Like when correct. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah. That that bridge sucks. I've only done that once. That I <laughs> yes, once the, in the last. It's the worst. that that is the worst. I that agree. Is the worst. Well, anyway, Rick, I hope that we're a good distraction, but please don't drive distracted. Distracted driving is drunk driving. Remember that. But you don't. When you drive up to Ottawa, you don't. You don't have to go that way, do you? Or do you? Do you take? No, I go. I go up through uh, Scranton, Wilkesbury. Oh, you go that way. Okay. And then uh, up eighty-one, pass through Syracuse, Binghamton, Syracuse, Watertown. Yeah. And then Thousand Islands Bridge, uh, Gananoque. Yeah, yeah. 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 There we go. Lovely stretch of land. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get back to Mishkov for a second here. Actually, you know what? Before we do, we should probably. A word. I think we have a word. A word for our sponsor over at walkingtheboards.com. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, Ross. I got I to gotta do something. Before, before you do the... Get, Are you going to set the timer? I got to set the timer. Set that timer, yeah, baby. You go timer. ahead and set it. I don't even know if I'm going to look at the notes this time. All right, here we go. I think I've got it. I've got a pretty... You right, ready? ready? Here go we go. Ahead, go. Yeah, I guess. Walkingtheboards.com is the go-to. If you like going down the shore, if you care about Ocean City, if you want to know everything that's going on in Ocean City, events, restaurants, heck, if you want to learn about real estate, if you think you want to buy a, a shore house, Go to walkingtheboards.com, sign up for the free, yes, that's right, free newsletter, and you can even opt in to Shore Cribs. Shore Cribs is where you go for all of your real estate news. It's created, this whole thing, was set up by Kyle Scott, the founder of CrossingBroad.com. He and former Crossing Broad investor Mike Iredale got together to build what they call the Crossing Broad of the Shore. So go over to walkingtheboards.com, link in the description, sign up for the free newsletter, and you can get every bit of news and notes about what's going on in Ocean City. You wonder if that mini golf course is still there? Maybe a new pizza place, new ice cream place. Go to walkingtheboards.com. Sign up for free, free newsletter, walkingtheboards.com. All right. That's it. it. Was No, you know, I need to go a little bit longer. Hold on, right? Because we said 60 to 90. So we'll, we'll throw this in too. I signed up for walkingtheboards.com. Am I somebody who goes down to Ocean City all the time? I certainly am not. Do I feel like I've picked up an education about Ocean City, New Jersey, and what they've got going on? Indeed, I have. You can be just like me or not get educated walkingtheboards.com. thanks for sponsoring the show there we go see that's good just come through nice job nice job yeah minute 10 hashtag blessed good work um okay thank you i'm proud of myself um all right zilla 092 says mishkov showed me one thing he gets excited or he gets so excited when he scores or when a teammate scores he genuinely loves the game and i want to i want to piggyback on that one with this one from kylo green I still don't get the one media platform saying Mishkov's teammates hate him. After his first goal, they look stoked, or everyone looks stoked on this team. They sure look like they hate him. Rolling eyes. So, 
I think that's probably fair to point out. I would bring up the clip, but I don't know how this works on the YouTube with showing social media clips of the KHL. And I certainly don't want somebody named Boris knocking at my door about <laughs> using their clip. So um, it's just, it's fair. Anyway, listen. Don't uh, make guys, me, don't make me do it, Russ. No more Russian impersonations. I'm not now go it. ahead, Bundy. <laughs> Boris Bundy. Bundy Boris. Go ahead. I don't. I'm no. It's, I'm, go ahead, exactly. Russ. You'll 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 feel moved. You'll feel moved by the spirit. At some point, he'll just he'll just start. It won't even. He'll just he'll yeah. just. Oh, Russ. Okay. All right. We'll come back. Um, Bunny, guys, by the way, the, speaking the, of speaking what? of impersonations, you know Russ does an impersonation of you. No, that's not true. All right, it's kind of true. I can kind of I can kind of do a Bundy. I'll well, do it after so, the show. So is that the business we're getting into now, Russ? <laughs> no. I do some good ones too. <laughs> do you? And it doesn't hear, necessarily mean I'm going to use a head to impersonate you either. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever little games you want to start, I'll finish them. <laughs> uh, Sorry for going off the right. rail there with that. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> where's that guy at who complains when we talk about things that aren't hockey? Is he in the comments today? I, know. I don't He's know. Not here. What do you think um, a hockey locker room looks like when you're getting ready for practice? This. Like, as I'm sitting there with like the 20 guys when you're going for practice, right? Like, we'd have the prices right on in one TV. Somebody would be breaking someone's balls in the corner. It's There's nothing. We're talking nothing about hockey as we get ready for practice, which we do six days a week. Yeah. Yeah, we'd sit there betting on whether who was closer to getting the prices right number closest to their actual retail value. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Anyways, we got to answer that question. Uh, all right. So, so th those questions tied together, right? Yeah. Mishkov doesn't look like a cancer. He doesn't look like somebody that the teammates hate. Look, the 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 Chicklets guys put that out. Uh, and then apparently after the clip that went viral, because it was one of those Montreal Canadiens fan sites that are where the best people in the world go and follow and all that crap. We just got uh, somebody who just checked in from Montreal what? and you're ripping Montreal. No, I'm saying the I'm saying the Montreal Canadiens fans who follow well, the I, fan. I don't page. know. This guy could be a, fan, a Canadiens fan, too. Just checking, saying, checking in from Montreal. I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt it. You should be. By the way, you should be able to pull it up. Ant. I, I have you no control. Today. Okay, fine. I'll make sure that I I somehow raise your thing. See there you go. Oh, Ben. Hello. Yeah, so there we go. Hello, Ben. Thanks. Bonjour, ça va. Yeah. Ça va bien aujourd'hui, Obed. Aujourd'hui, absolument. Hey, see. Uh, but no, I would I would say I would say yes. There are people that are going to be out there um, who are, you know, always trying to take a prospect down in any sport. I mean, think about how many times we've seen it in the NFL draft where the minute a guy gets drafted, all of a sudden some like old video of who was the guy who they got, he had video of himself smoking pot. Then they put that out like three minutes after he was drafted or they find like a tweet that he put out when he was 12. Right. And they say, Oh, look what he said. When look what he said seven years ago. Right. I mean, come on. Like there's always going to be someone trying to take somebody down. <laughs> <laughs> watch the kid play watch how his teammates react to him yes is he a little bit is he a little bit more of a you know that that 18 year old diva type player 19 year old diva like where you know that you're that good and and you're better than everybody that you're playing with yeah there's a little bit of that in him but that's every great player is that at 18 Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, the world we live in now, they read. They, and I agree. Like, I have a 16 year old son. Um, 
you know, and I went through my daughters, like they're different, I think, you know, girls, but they were such ferocious athletes and the way they competed and stuff. But I will hold nothing like an 18 year old does if it's not like there's been cases where the, the Bruins try to like there's been kids that have had real troubled issues. And listen, and I'm not even saying like, I believe everybody can redeem themselves from whatever you've done. Like if, if you're young and you've done something stupid or said something stupid, you deserve to have a, a chance again to, to prove to someone you're not. But the thing is, you're right, Anthony, at 18 years old, these kids are so like they read their press clippings and they read how good they are on Twitter. Believe me. And I say this because I know he will be humbled. <laughs> he will come yeah. over here and he will yeah. be quickly humbled. And uh, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Don't know, man. They got though, Mister El Gato. What happened? Like, I don't know. Russ, I don't, dude, I don't he, know. He this shits is, all this over has been, us sometimes for having like. I know this has been happening lately, and I don't know why. I it think looks it's my better computer's. Better the other way. Like, Go fucking yeah. back to oh, that. Stop. <laughs> There's another one. There's another one. I'm, done. I'm done with you guys. Um, hey, Russ, real quick, and I, I, we, I think we can do this kind of more in the summer because we're all a little all over the place today. Mm -hmm. uh, comment at 1026 from Lester Nostoga, and I think this is something cool to put up there, um, and it kind of ties into, you know, gives Bundy an opportunity to talk about Bundy recovery, too, because it, it you know, it, it's not the same thing, but it's it's along the same line. So I just thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, Lester yeah. checks in. So go ahead, Russ. Yeah, well, Lester you know, says, and, and just Lester says uh, well, hold on, buddy. Lester says, gentlemen, I suffer from a panic disorder. I was having a bad panic attack. I throw this on and drift away into sports talk, and it really helps relieve my symptoms. Thank you, guys. That's really, that's really nice. You, you know yeah. what? And I'll say this, and I don't even care. I think everybody out there goes through something. I'm 51. I still go through anxiety. I still go through battles of depression. I'm not afraid to say it. I don't drink anymore. It changed a lot. My life is my story's told. But people go through a lot, you know, I mean, and they do. And I, and the pandemic, like if you look at some of the things, because I get a lot of data because of the business I'm in, and people have struggled with loneliness and it changes a lot that happens. And I'm not giving a psychological lesson, but I want everyone to know that we're all in the same boat together. So I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and I understand what a panic, uh, you know, what would have an, uh, a breakdown feels like an anxiety uh, disorder and, and, and feel like you're coming out of your skin. A lot of people do, and it's the more it's more important we talk about that and, and letting people know because there's a lot out there, a lot of great people that are just willing to share their same stories to, to help anyone else through it. I we deal with it, guys, and I'll just say this: I'm not looking for any kind of, of a promo, but with when I first started, we did a lot of addiction stuff at Pennsylvania Recovery Center, and it was a lot of addiction and sober living. But mental health, we've just opened a mental health facility. I put it out on LinkedIn um, at both a treatment center and and mental health housing. So there's no shame in that. I appreciate uh, him having the courage to say that because I'm in the same boat sometimes. And, and sometimes what you see behind a camera or stuff, everybody's dealing with something, you know. And um, and I think it's important to, to understand that, that we're, there's no one out there beyond reproach or, or uh, you know, making mistakes, having faults and, and dealing with issues. So I appreciate that. But if this helps, man, I'll tell you what, it helps me coming on just being with two guys and, and talking Sports. I mean, it's very therapeutic. So if it's helping you, I, that means a lot to hear that. And again, it's just three knuckleheads out here trying to tee up the hockey season. We don't have a lot yet, but boy, that's meaningful to see that. And I thank you so much for sharing. Pretty cool. Thanks, really Lester. Nice. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. Remember that was, uh, there was a few, what was it, a month ago? There was the uh, the lady that was going through a kidney transplant. Yeah. And the the husband was like sitting in the waiting room, waiting for her to, to get out of the, or maybe she was in recovery. Um, sent us that really nice message and then sent us an email after the fact. And it's cool. It, 
and to your point, I don't really care if we we go off the rails with this kind of stuff in the summer. It's okay, but like it 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 does feel nice. I mean, we certainly love when people come on and they're just like, I want to listen to this and you know argue in the comments section about you know whether or not Mishkov should be a center or not. But it is cool when you get to to hear that like you're I don't know part of somebody you know going through a tough time and and if we can help turn somebody's day yeah. around, then that's look, it's pretty cool. Look, we're here for we're we're here for the fans right i mean that's what we, ultimately why we do what we do right we, we we wouldn't exist without the people who listen and, and and check in so to me it's always important to get to know our people to get to know who's mm -hmm. who's checking in on the show and who's listening to the show and interact yeah. with them and and you know obviously we're not going to become best friends with any of these people you know or maybe eventually saying, one day, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll, we'll but 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 i'm just saying at least there should be some level of relationship that we have with them because it's important it's it's important for us to represent them at all times and and you know we need to know who they are and and you know when we know these little things about them it's it's kind of a cool there, thing so thanks so there's thank nothing you. better than when yeah. i when i go to a game anthony you know too we get the fans come up and say hi to us like from snow the goalie and i didn't even realize so i was oh. going to games last year that our fan base how much they listen and love hearing what we got to say about the team so i appreciate that and i'll tell you one thing anybody that comes up and is a fan of ours the philadelphia Flyers. Uh, you're you're a one in our book like i mean that's you are you're, you're the you're the people that we do it for they provide an audience you know and, and 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 you know whether disagree or agree with some of the things we say that's what it's all about and we do it respectfully yeah. politely and uh we we the, the fan base that we've developed in the last like year has been unbelievable like to just watch this happen has been one of the coolest things i've ever seen it really yeah. has been that's awesome. And, and like Russ, how about the guy who came up to me in Cleveland, who came up to me in Pittsburgh the year before, right? Yeah. Found me so in the there, same place two years in a row. Yeah. And it was funny because he called his shot in March saying, yeah. like, maybe I'll run into you in Cleveland or something at a Phillies game. And then and then he, he ran into you at the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. It wasn't even at the at the ball game. He ran into me at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He saw me and my, saying, yeah, my dad and my two sons. And he ran into me at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's like, Aunt, we got to grab a selfie. And we got, so we did, and we put it, and he put it out on Twitter, which was pretty darn cool. What, what was funny, I, I don't even remember if I said this on the show. I mentioned before we went to the cake concert, my wife and I went with my sister and her husband, and uh, I wore the Snow the Goalie shirt just for fun. And two people came up to me and started talking to me about the show. I got a picture with one of the guys. And the other guy wanted to know a little bit of the dirt about like podcast wars between Flyers podcasts. <laughs> and I was very respectful and I explained I the thought situation. We were the, I thought we were the only. We are. We're the only Flyers podcast. Everybody knows that. But apparently there are some that claim to be a fly. I don't know. It's a, it's a whole thing. But um, that was cool. I kind of felt I felt like, uh, hey, neat. You know, there are people who listen. I'm I'm one thing I will tell people and I, I will be careful as we say these things. We're not the only ones who have noticed how much of a following we've gained. And we are not the only people who have realized that there's value. And so the goalie, the only Flyers podcast, we'll leave it at that. Um, all right, let's get back to some of the questions, comments, concerns. By the way, Solar Warden dropped this in uh, around what Bundy was saying about everybody going through their struggles. We do. Anyone who tells you otherwise is lying. If you breathe and live on this planet, you've gone through it or will in some form. That's true. Very true. I'm glad that we're all here together. That's why I know that there have been a, people, a few people who have DM'd over the last few weeks, and they're like, well, I don't know, this YouTube, doing the YouTube show, kind of prioritizing comments on YouTube instead of just you know, playing it straight like we always did in the podcast feed. You know, it's a little bit helter-skelter. It's all over the place. And and we always, and we've talked about this, and we say, well, it's the summer. You know, we're not, we don't have a game to react to. We're a little bit all over the place, and it's okay. 
I think that the building of the community, especially on YouTube, as well as on Facebook where people watch and on Twitter where they watch, letting those people have a place to interact with each other in those comments, like that's something. We have that Twitter community. The, that link is in the description of all episodes as well. It's places that we like. We like the idea of building community. We have thousands and thousands of people who listen to the show, watch the show, all that. It's good to have people that, you know, are whether you agree or you disagree about different points that are made on the show, we want that community to continue to build. And so it's cool to see that it has. All right. Um, there's really big news that just came out of the hockey world about 10 minutes ago. Tom Wilson <laughs> has signed a seven-year, $45.5 million contract that's going to start seven in the six. Seven-year, okay, so $45.5 million. Yeah, $45.5 million contract extension that will begin in the 24-25 season. That's a lot of money. Your thoughts? I think there is great value to a team to have a player like that. I agree. If Tom Wilson was a Philadelphia, if Tom Wilson was a Philadelphia Flyer, he'd be beloved. Yeah, he'd be the and most popular player in this team. No one would have a problem. I, seriously, I, and, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, yes, you know, it, it does it seem like a lot for a guy who's not a, you know, dominant scoring player, you know, or top six, like real legitimate scoring forward? Yeah, it does seem like a little bit a lot for, for a guy like that. Um, but let's be honest, he's going to be making six and a half million a year. Okay. Um, and the salary cap is going to keep going up starting next season so that contract really by the time you're in you know he's 33 34 is what third line guys are going to be making and i think it's a i think it's a good deal for washington especially it, it, if you're going to be protecting ovechkin for a couple more years right yes yeah, he's gonna he's turning 30 i think right but he oh here's a couple comments but i have no problem with that because he does he adds an entertainment value as well to the building like people are going to go watch because Tom Wilson's out there. He's ridden shotgun with Ovechkin and Maxstrom. He can play fourth line minutes. Um, he's a pretty effective player, and he keeps everybody on the other team honest still. I mean, he's still one of the – he's a guy now that's really, you know, it's, it's, he's really tough, but he can also skate and play the game. He's won a Stanley Cup. He was drafted there. Uh, it's a no-brainer move, and I, and I agree with Anthony. If he were a Philadelphia Flyer, he'd be, he'd be probably the top-selling jersey guy on this team, most likely. It's always interesting to me when a guy like him comes up because you have there there it feels like the um the the polarized nature of debate that not only exists in politics but in sports continues to just like rear its ugly head and it feels like where there used to be like a gray area or at least some nuance that could be had in a conversation about a player like Tom Wilson doesn't exist anymore it's like you have the traditional camp of and then there goes my video again I don't know why whatever I'll talk through it um, there's, there's the thing where you have the people who argue Tom Wilson doesn't really have a place in this league. Um, he's not skilled enough. It's archaic to think you need somebody who another team has to be afraid of. And then you have this other crew who say, you know, it, it's vital. It's vital to have somebody that a t an opposing team knows is going to hold you accountable, is going to throw a body, is going to get in a fight. I mean, he's, he is certainly a better player than your traditional enforcer. Um, he, he kind of threads that needle. 
he has value in this league. His value to the Caps is pretty immeasurable. Um, I would have been interested to see what had what would have happened if he had gotten a free agency. Because you would have to assume, if you go the Nick Delorier route, remember back when Chuck said there were seven or eight teams with interest in Delorier? All right, let's assume that that's true, okay? How many teams would have been in on Tom Wilson? You have to think it's at least half the league, right? As long as you had cap space, you have to think that half the league would have been excited about the prospect of, of adding a Tom Wilson to your team. Because his, his role is not only valuable if you're a top-end team, but also for like a young and building team, having a guy like that on your roster is huge. So it's a big number, certainly a big number. There's no doubt. But um, I think your camera does that every time you talk too long. Well, then it's, it, it's, it should just it's trying it's to show you something. It's trying to t- it's the camera's <laughs> no, like, yeah, I, I, have, I have two screens I'm, running and I'm, I have way too many windows open. For I'm, work. I'm tired of recording you, Russell. Stop. Let them let that let those guys go. That's, 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 that's what the camera's saying. No, it's and I, I, I wanted to get to some other stuff for Bundy here because I know we're we're going to be wrapping up within the next 15 minutes, or at least I have to wrap up within the next 15 mm-hmm. minutes. Me too. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, the one before that, that well, yeah, seven years is crazy. He's about to turn 30. His style could break down. It could. It absolutely could. But like I was saying, Jay. Problem. Well, yes, it's certain, right, and that's number one. But number number two, uh, it, it, the fact of the matter is, is that that salary is not going to be that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. It, it, it by the you know by the time he's 35, 36, 37, that salary is it's going to be nothing. You're going to look at a six and a half million dollar salary in, in the NHL and be like, eh, okay, that's just a guy. Yes, yeah. right. It's just the way it is. It's the way it's going to be. Having not had raises for contracts over the last few years in the NHL, they're going to come en masse once yeah. that once that uh, uh, cap goes up starting next year. It's it's just going to you're just going to see it, and then all those contracts are just going to be they're going to be nothing in, in comparison to the to the big name players. So. We talked um, about this with the cap last last week, though, Ant. Like the thing is, when they get to the next CBA negotiation, which won't be for a few years, is it going to be small incremental increases to the cap, or are we going to see that bell curve kind of invert? Right? Like, is there I, going to be that moment where like the rocket ship takes off? Two, two years. These- yeah, like where these gonna, contracts really do. I, I still look, think that'll be a pretty sizable contract, though, Anthony. If you look at some of the guys getting paid now, you're seeing 800, 900 for some guys. I mean, that's that's a, again. I agree, it's not going to affect any part of their, their of what they're doing for him because he's factored in. But there's guys that make like still making like way less for for like fill in players, like gap players. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Keep, keep keep in mind though. I mean, he has. I mean, he didn't last year because he, he had some injuries. Only played thirty three games, but he has had three twenty plus goal seasons. Yeah. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's not like it's not like he's a fourth line goon, right? He's not yeah. a top line player, but he's a, certainly a middle six guy still. And so when you look at it and you say, you know, five years from now, okay, maybe he's not a twenty goal scorer anymore. But in five years, is a six, where does a six and a half million dollar contract get you? What does that? What yeah. player kind of player does that get you? I think you're still looking at third line for sure, and maybe even a couple of fourth line guys will be making yeah. that kind of money. I just think that you're going to see such a big jump in the cap, um, not necessarily next season, but two seasons. Well, the lockout is always a thing. Well, that's right? what they and say anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that that's a real concern. By the way, if Batman oversees yet another lockout. 
in 2026. Unbelievable. I don't know. Just I, I don't. I just don't. Two full years of hockey yeah. under his belt. Yeah. Two one season. If you boil, yep. boil down the amount of games, I mean, that is absolutely one of the most incredible stats you'll ever see. A league that has lost in 30 years, two seasons under the uh, the leadership of one guy, is remarkable. And the thing about it is, and we come back to it, you know, ESPN's coverage wasn't great this year. One has to think it'll get better next year or in the years to follow. But at least having it back on that platform, you're you're at least you have it in the conversation. But when you were locked out multiple years and you were on a secondary network in NBC, that that was going to have lasting effects. There's a reason that so many teams right now are trying to build back that equity with their fan base. There's a reason that so many teams are trying to reconnect with their fan bases and try to expand their fan bases because the the league in a in a in a meaningful way kind of undercut them, took them out at the knees. Um, by the way, Timo's checking in from Finland. We got um, uh, Patrick checking in from Sweden, and he has a question for Bundy. Okay. So Patrick says, uh, originally from New England, but ended up chasing... Could, could be the Northeast. Well, I'm going to say New from, England, but maybe the Northeast. Northeast it doesn't say Philly. the, it doesn't say the N-E. Well, Patrick can clarify. Originally from somewhere in the greater Northeast of the United States of America, uh, but ended up chasing tall, AKA my wife. Great show. Keep it up. Go flyers. Bundy. Why do you always hit or why did you always hit Yager harder than everyone else? I don't know if it was hit harder than anyone else. It just said, I used to like goading him. Like he I've told the story before. He just tried to go wide all the time. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go wide. You could then kind of like, that was back to, he kind of snug a guy a little bit, the hip and just grab him and toss him in. But no, I skated well with him. Um, he would always try to beat me wide. It would got to a point where he'd actually say stuff before games. I'm like, all right, we'll bring it on. Um, but I don't think it was any harder than anybody else. I just had I, certain people have people's number, no matter who they are. And I guess it just comes time for me to just say I had his number and, um, and that's it. It's like anybody your- else. You, know, you can't explain why somebody else had, you know, dom- you know, has the dominant stance against someone who's just a great player and, and, and they're not that great a player. So Bunny, who's, who's, who's on the that. one guy, Bunny, who's the one guy that you like to hit the most? Who's, who's the, you had to have somebody that you reveled in the in the the chance to to lay to lay out clean. Well, there's always like there's always like some kind of like there's like a little rat out there like you know like you know when I played Kevin Stevens he was an annoying guy and I ended up playing with him later. Artie, man, I tell you what he was he would try he'd get our guy's skin. You know what? Yeah, I will say it. Thomas Sandstrom. I played one year against oh, that guy, and that's a guy I yeah. used to want to like just kill that guy. And I only played against him for like two years. He was in Pittsburgh. So I remember coming out one day, and this is actually a good story. I think it was a preseason game, and this guy like cross checked. He was up under the neck, and I, I might have turned around and just chopped him as I was going off the ice. And so that, someone's like coming off that motherfucker Sandstrom, like screaming at him. It was in Pittsburgh in the old igloo, and mm-hmm. uh, that you know, where they uh, just a terrible building. So we came back, and uh, somebody else got ticked off at him too as a younger guy. And, and someone in the locker room said, well, if you get really upset about it, Brownie cross-checked him right in the fucking head in about 1985, got suspended for 20 games. And he did. Do you remember that, Anthony? Yes. It was, yes, it was Brownie, like, just went up, and he just I have like a whistle, like, you know what, fuck you. Just right across <laughs> the face. So what I found out after, I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad, you know, that's, thank God, at least somebody got him. I know that there was retribution on him, because the whole league wanted to kill this guy. Yeah. 
And anyway, but but I found out later that Brownie got suspended, and then somebody in Philadelphia hired him at a comedy club, and they made him come out with like a stick coming out of his head, like the size. <laughs> came <up> the <laughs> that's been so, I bad. I never knew that. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's, that's a true story. So anyway, yeah. So uh, we we I used to try to run that guy all the time, but there'd been enough people that had gotten him over the years. Yeah. Wow. Thomas Sandstrom. How about that? I didn't yeah. think that's great. That's a great, that's a great pull by you. I didn't even think about that name in a long, yeah. long time. Um, yeah. Two things, Ross, but I, I also, cause I also want to ask Bundy a, a Yager question. Go um, oh, good morning, Rob in Fort McMurray, Alberta. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Fort yes. McMurray, yeah. yeah. It's a great, it's a great area of, of the country out there. Focus, um, so two things. One, was that little just subtle little just put up the fact that Patrick said he was from Northeast Philly, your subtle way of telling me I was right and you were wrong? I just wanted to make sure. I just didn't you... want to interrupt the conversation. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to. Yeah, you yeah, snuck Northeast it in and, and then we weren't going to go back to it. I just wanted to point yeah. that out. Yeah. Uh, but secondly, Bundy, when Yager came to Philly for that one year, obviously you were a broadcaster at that point. I don't know if that was when you were between the boards uh, or between I the was, benches. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. Um... No, I was still doing radio, I believe. I'll have to check the numbers. I think I was still doing I radio. Was just I was just curious what it was like, the relationship with you guys just for that year when he came back. Like, Because he seemed to be I, – I, I, that year covering Yager, I, I grew to really understand why he was such a likable guy. And so I was just curious as to what, it, what that became like for you. Yeah, he was, he was, uh, it, it was good. I mean, I was retired. He's still playing. He's still playing. Everyone else is retired now anyway, but, um, it was good. You know, we had some pleasantries and, um, I used to joke with him sometimes. I'd see him get ready and I'd be like, just relax tonight. Go out and have fun there. I said, I'm not out there. So you should have a perfectly good evening. <laughs> <laughs> you just smile and laugh. And then That's you know there was another you know his else is pretty funny too we we have uh you know me and Jonesy kind of like we would you know he did TV hours doing uh, radio you know so we'd see each other and and I remember the team would go into a rut sometimes and, and I remember one night I was waiting to get on the back of the plane and and Yager came up to me and he's like you know what did you think about this one play or what did you you know as I was coming in did you know what did you think of my game time basically asked me what I thought. I'm like, God, here I am now with like, you know, maybe top five or seven greatest player of all time. And he's asking me, he's getting on the plane, what I thought of his game tonight. So I remember going back and we're sitting there and I'm kind of thinking to myself, like, God, things, how, how weird things are in life. You know, here I was at one time with one of the great division rivalries where my entire a team in a city used to actually count on me to take the Penguins out because of Yager. I mean, he used to have, like, teammates been saying all the time, like, oh, we don't worry about the Penguins. He'll take care of them. I'm like, geez, talk about dropping pressure on him. Like, it, that's what it came to. Like, guys would talk yeah. about the room. So, anyway, when I'd get on the plane with Jonesy, and Jonesy would say, you know what, buddy? <laughs> and he'd have guys go talk to him, too. He's like, man, when the, when the players start coming up and asking the broadcasters what's going on, you know we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anytime, That's right. anytime the player would actually like overstep the coaches or like to figure out what was going on with their game, they would turn to the broadcasters, who of course were probably easier to talk to. Like me and Jones, it would be easy, too easy guys just to go up and, and shoot the shit with. And uh, and they would come up and they they talk. With them. And it was true. What the hell is that sound? The, the landscaper outside. I can't control that. They're they're cutting the grass. What are you going? Mute yourself while he's talking. Show some respect to a man. <laughs> Who was asked by Yaramir Yager what he thought of his game? My wow. God, 
so anyway, that's that's the story with uh, with uh, with Yager and, and you know what, and other guys. But he he was good. He was I liked him. Um, you know, again, he'd been he was already so decorated when he got here. Uh, but I think when when you consider those things, you know, I enjoyed my time with him uh, here. He wasn't here just that one year, but good guy. Um, and you know, I mean, how do you take away? He's had an incredible career. Where he was in in his career, because like I. It always felt to me like it was a missed opportunity that he was only here for one year. It's not as if he played in the league for five more seasons at a really high level, but it, it did feel like what he was able to do in elevating Giroux's game in a, in a lot of ways, it was kind of a missed opportunity that that the Flyers couldn't work out a deal with him. Uh, from from your vantage point, were you guys ever in that same mindset where it's just like, man, like it, it would have been good for them for the development of some of these guys if they had been able to come up with a two or three year deal with him, or was it just time for him to move on? Like, not, what, you know, not necessarily, uh, you know, again, I, not necessarily just because you're that guy doesn't mean that you're going to be necessarily great for the whole, every young guy that comes in there. And I think when you're, you know, when you're like getting a 40, 42 or whatever, you know, however old he was, I think that becomes a challenge too, to be mindful yeah. of everybody in the room because the one thing with Yager here that year, guys, I mean, we'd go through all the stuff with the weight vest at like 12 in the, in the morning, you know, like him doing the extra stuff. And he had to probably felt he had to do that. Um, but again, it, there comes a point where the player, you know, probably at that age put, puts more focus into himself just to continue finding a way to play a game another night. Uh, so I don't necessarily agree that that would have been the best thing for a young guy's development um, into the future. Okay. You never know. You just never know. Okay. Um, let's see. There was a guy who was a team. He said, mentioned that he played with Bundy in a charity game and said that Bundy oh, yeah, made him a better where's, player. All right, that was this at? 10 40 ammo, ammo 23, 10 40. Ammo 23. I was a teammate of Bundy's in a charity game. I know he made me a better player. I'm going to have to get a lobster roll for that today. <laughs> for that little payoff. Treat <laughs> <laughs> <Great> myself. <laughs> Uh, guys, I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to get to here before we head out. We did have a five-star review, and we know yeah. how much Anthony loves five-star reviews, so we can read that. Uh, and if there's anything else that comes to mind or if you're watching on YouTube and you want to drop a comment or question in here before we head out. Uh, five stars, the only Flyers podcast worth listening to. We'll take that. I've been listening to Snow the Goalie since before the 2019 season and haven't stopped listening. Russ and Anthony are the perfect pair to speak from the side of fans and writers, and adding Bundy is perfect to get the side of an NHLer. The guests they pull are next level as well, and the crew seems to get genuine answers from their guests and not the same cliche responses. Special thanks to Anthony for answering me on Twitter yesterday and for putting in a good word for the position I applied for with the team. Keep up the great work, fellas. Let's go Flyers. You know who that's from, don't you? That's from Hunter. Hunter Mikos, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Yeah, Very that's nice. nice. Yeah. Um, there was one more question, and it feels like it's a thing that we come back to every single week at this point until it is announced. Andy Strickland said something on a podcast this week about knowing the name of the five players that are part of the Hockey Canada report. Um, there has been no movement. There's been nothing that I've heard, and I don't know if, if you've heard any further developments, but we thought it was going to be last Friday. It could still be today. We're recording this Friday morning. It's possible that later this afternoon or evening, this report could drop. Um, but they, the, the last sentence in this is something that we addressed last week 
and we need to be careful because we don't want anything to ever come off as speculation, right? But Strickland said that there were significant names. Solar Warden asks, is it safe to say Hart isn't one? I'll, re- I'll repeat the same thing I said last week. It's just like anyone else in your life. The only thing that you know about another person is what they show you and what they share with you. That doesn't mean that you know that person. And athletes, and Bundy I'm sure could speak to this, athletes can do a really good job of looking all shiny and glowing and nothing's wrong, but they might not be that way in private. Not saying that that applies to Carter Hart or to any of these players who may or may not be involved. But like, it is ridiculous to me when you go on Twitter and whenever this comes up and you see somebody say, well, this person is shy. There's no way he could be part of this. Or this person seems like a nice guy. There's no way he could be part of this. You don't know. You just don't know. And we don't know. I I represented Hockey Canada many, many times over the years before my Flyers career. Um, I don't know what's gone on over there. Um, But... It's been it's been a bizarre two years to say the least. And again, I don't, I'm not educated enough to know. I know what's going on from reading it. But wasn't this supposed stuff supposed to come out, guys? Like after the free agency period or something to get at least kind of bridge a gap. To uh, yeah, yeah. There was a belief that you know we a lot of people in the media we were kind of under the impression it was going to come out last weekend. Um, I, I did say last was it last week, Russ, or two weeks ago? I said that I thought that. If it wasn't last week, it would be this week. Yeah. Uh, but here, here we are, the Friday, the first Friday in August, which, you know, this would be the end of what I've been told is the the release dates. Um, is it possible something happens later today? Sure. Anthony, is that uh, a legal fact, finding or, 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 or civil findings in terms of where this the is? This is the league's investigation. This is the NHL's investigation. I've heard zero out of Canada. So I, and I, nor would I, have access to those people so i i I, yeah i can't um all i have is you know some nhl connections that kind of tell me that this is this is coming um when andy strickland goes on his podcast and andy strickland is one of the most well-connected um uh, yeah media folk you know in in the league okay um and, and really one of the best in the u.s i mean in comparison to the guys in canada right um when he comes out and says that there are five names and that they're going to get suspended, um, I, I I think that he's spot on. Now, he said he knows who they are, but he's not going to report the names. A lot of times when you're a reporter, you're, you're put into that position where you cannot, you're told you cannot say something publicly. So... I respect the fact that he's not able to put out the five names, but I will say this. If a guy like Andy Strickland saying that, and he has already heard what he's heard, that report has to be coming really soon. He wouldn't put that out three days ago and then it not happen for three more weeks. Right. I mean, I think that that's something that is indicative that this report is about to drop. There's not a chance that Strickland does know the names and and put that out there in an effort to try to get this report out sooner, right? Because it like I I want to be careful in in wording this. We all think that it's nonsense that it's taken this long for this report to come out. We all think that it's nonsense that this woman hasn't gotten any form of justice or whatever in in this amount of time. 
could could this be like a way that an influential reporter could theoretically try to hold some feet to the fire and it's like you know at some point you gotta you gotta do right by this person like or 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 no like i i he's in a weird spot anybody who would have those names and like if people are wondering why he's not reporting them even if he believes that these are the names unless he has seen the official report and i mean held the official report in his hands if you risk going public with those names and those don't end up being the names you're sued your career is over right. you're going to have libel it's going to go against your um your employer there's going to be a massive lawsuit there um the league could get dragged into it like it could be really bad the nh um the the phwa the pro hockey writers associate it could be a whole big thing it's not worth like when you say is the juice worth the squeeze in that case it's not again unless he has seen the actual official report or you know had the best sources in the world from like multiple different parts of the investigation it's just not worth it you can't do it correct so um we'll see uh i will say that if if there were something to develop on that front and it did include a, a flyer or a member of the flyers organization then we certainly would have to do a show and talk about it because there would be massive implications um but as of right now it's not out there, so we'll we'll have to see. Um, by the way, last thing before we head out, Teddy dangerously sent over a super chat and said, "Call this an episode about nothing." And said, "Hi, Bundy." So we already had the episode. Thanks, the episode's Dad. already been doing, named, pal? but I'll I'll promise I'll promise this, Ted. Next week, barring some kind of massive uh, development, we'll call the next episode an episode about nothing. Because after all, it is the off season. And we are waiting. We're a month-ish away from the start of training camp. Anthony's going to get on the phone with the Flyers today to find out what the dates are because we can't find them anywhere, as we said during the YouTube-exclusive <laughs> banner before we went live with the I podcast. Think it's, guys, I think it's later. I have a feeling like it's like end of September kind of start time. Because I, I saw like a game was like like September 26, maybe the first game. I, I, I don't know why I said that for preseason. But if you could, Russ, if you could find the game, if the game's on there for first preseason game, it's usually camp will open like four days before that. Well, here I'm gonna I'm gonna drop something on Anthony since he's gonna be Mister 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 first preseason first preseason game. Hold on, Anthony. Hold on. First preseason game is September 25th. You were wrong, Ant. Last year's camp did open to fans September 22nd of last year. Okay, I didn't say I was wrong. It was wrong. I just said whatever. You, yeah, you said we you used said to open it was earlier. Labor said it was earlier. for a month. Yeah. And play so nine if, it, if the first pre games. if the first preseason game is September the twenty fifth, then they're likely okay. starting the beginning of that week. Three days before yeah. that. You know, so that's what what is the twenty fifth? For Monday this year. Yeah, it's my birthday. Oh, is it really? That's they got nice. me, uh, guys. They got me a preseason game for my birthday. How about that? Eh? So, so I bet you first of I, many wins for the Flyers this year. Eh? I bet you the players report on Thursday the twenty first for physicals, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That would make sense. Is we is assume that they're gonna uh, they'll open they'll open all of this up to uh, to fans right from the get go. Right? Oh my God! Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I have to think that there's even a chance that they might do something. Um, that they haven't really done in the past. Like I, I would think that we're going to see them do something uh, that might be more of an outreach to the fans, right? With Jonesy in charge of what? What are you laughing at? I'm laughing at Scott Walker's comment. That's all. 
Anthony became the bad of the good, the bad, and the Bundy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. See, Anthony's a problem. He's yeah. a problem. Um, by the way, there was a really funny comment that was over here about a Bundy spinoff pod from JToxic49. Timbits and lobster rolls. Bundy's Kitchen would be a good offshoot podcast. We could, I, I could go on and talk food for an hour cooking. I love to cook and, and some of the stuff that I've eaten over the years that could absolutely uh, probably garner a few ears that would be like, wow, that's interesting. Uh, good morning, you fucking dudes. We're out here at Tim Hortons getting ourselves a donut and a coffee. <laughs> Lobster rolls. Buckle in. Yeah. I'd love that. That'd be a great show. That'd be good. All right, listen. All right. I really, I, I really have to, to go. go. Yeah, I yeah, pushed all five yeah, meetings we, for ten minutes. We already. get it. Ant's the only person who has a job. So, all right, <laughs> we're gonna head out this week. Thank you to everybody who checked in on uh, on YouTube. Uh, thanks everybody who checked in on Facebook and on Twitter. Remember, Snow the Goal, the Only Flyers podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, uh, Stitcher. I think is either dead or dying soon. So make sure if you're subscribed on Stitcher, you switch to another podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts, most third party apps. We're there as well. You can go to youtube.com slash at snow the goalie. All of those links are in the description of the episode, as is our sponsor, Walking the Boards, as is the link to the Twitter community. So if you're on Twitter or X or whatever the hell they want to call it now, you can join the Twitter community there. It's like 400 people strong, I think. Uh, if you want to go back and forth about, you know, sharing clips of Mishkov in the KHL, sharing Cutter Gauthier clips, whatever, you can go there. So uh, guys, the thing about the bounce back candidates, we'll get to that next week. All right, so I, I meant to get there. We didn't get there. That'll be next next week's episode. Bounce back candidates. So I want every listener out there, mental notes. Best flyers, bounce back candidates. We're heading out. Cue Russ's camera. Cue Russ's camera. Yeah, there we go. I know. For Ant <laughs> on Twitter, at Ant Philly. For Bundy, at Cetarian6. I'm Russ at Joanne Broad. Thanks for listening. Maybe even watching Snow the Goalie, the only flyers podcast. We'll talk to you soon.